0: Hello, my friends. Today, I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to play for you some, I don't know if it's good news, but it's a refreshing change of pace. I'm going to go through Donald Trump's 90-minute speech at CPAC yesterday in Florida. Now, don't worry, I won't play all 90 minutes, but I'll play, I'm guessing, about 25 or 30 minutes, interspersed with my thoughts, so about 10 clips from it. I thought it was a good speech. Boy, was it refreshing to hear him after listening to Joe Biden mumble for the last month. Anyways, uh, I hope you enjoy it. Um, I'll show you a few clips uh, from how the CBC covered it and a few other things like that. Even Bill Maher had an interesting clip that I play today. Um, let me invite you to become a subscriber to what we call Rebel News Plus. That's eight bucks a month to get the video version of these podcasts. Plus Sheila Gunn-Reed, David Menzies, Andrew Chapito's, they have weekly podcasts. Get access to that too. Oh, and we have a new thing where if you're a subscriber to Rebel News Plus, you don't see any ads on the rest of the website. So that's pretty cool if you don't like the ads. Um, And of course, it's only eight bucks a month, which is less than most services. And you have the satisfaction of knowing that that keeps the Rebel strong. Just go to rebelnews.com and click subscribe. Okay, here's today's show. Tonight, Donald Trump returns with a powerful speech to an adoring crowd. I'll show you clips from it, because the CBC won't. It's March 1st, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail why? when you're a biggest carbon why? consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why i because it. it's, it's my bloody right to do so. Donald Trump has been pretty low key since the inauguration of Joe Biden. I don't know who missed him more, his fans or his haters. The question I keep asking myself is while Biden is obviously legally the president, who's actually making the decisions? Because it's not this guy. Uh,
1: I think he's getting on a plane. He told me last, he came in to see me last event. And Representatives uh, Shirley, Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Pennelli, uh, uh, excuse me, Pinnell, and uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, uh, Mayor Turner, Judge Hidalgo, uh, thank you all for welcoming us.
0: And it's sure not this guy who needs his wife to accompany him into policy interviews for when he forgets the answer. Mr. President, in five weeks you've been in office, you have been taking many actions to revert uh, Trump administration's anti-immigration policy. But today, the Washington Post reports that your administration has plans to open tents at Del Rio, a a town close to the border. Can you confirm that?
1: Right now, there's thousands of unaccompanied children coming across the border. Mm -hmm. In Texas, they opened up one, one that was a former of one used in the in the administration the last administration our hope and expectation is that won't stay open very long that we'll be able to provide for every kid who comes across the border safely to be housed in a facility that's licensed and this administration is doing it in a humane way and that's really important i mean we want to make sure that these children are safe, that they get mental health services, they get physical health services, they get education.
0: Wow, yeah, Trump's a bit different, isn't he? Like Stephen Harper, he was the master of every file, and he could speak at great length on subjects and loved doing so. His campaign style speeches were always hugely popular, filling stadiums and perfect for the internet age. Biden campaigned in bizarre COVID circles. I don't think he ever had more than a few dozen people show up. No need. The courts changed the rules for voting just months before Election Day, allowing voting by mail. That changing of the rules was enough to beat Trump's enthusiasm advantage. Anyways, Trump has pretty much been quiet the past five weeks, but then yesterday he went to the annual CPAC, Conservative Convention, being held in Florida this year, as opposed to Washington, D.C., where it normally is. All the conservative stars were there, including my favorites. Here's a quick clip of Kirstie Noem.
2: Now, Dr. Fauci, he told me that on my worst day, I'd have 10,000 patients in the hospital. On our worst day, we had a little over 600. I I don't know if you agree with me, but Dr. Fauci is wrong a lot.
0: That's great. And here's Ron DeSantis, government, governor of Florida. Florida is also leading in protecting our people from political censorship and in holding big tech accountable. When our legislature convenes next month, it will pass and I will sign the most ambitious reforms yet proposed for, for combating political censorship and deplatforming for preventing big tech from interfering in our elections, and for safeguarding the privacy of your personal data. They do a straw poll of CPAC convention-goers. Trump is the number one choice to lead the party into 2024, but DeSantis and Nome are strong contenders after him, and if Trump declines to run again, well, a desantis Nome ticket would be amazing, in my opinion. Trump is almost 75 years old. He'll be 78 in the next election campaign for president. He's pretty fit and vigorous for a 78-year-old. That's for sure, like me, he could probably lose 50 pounds. But I don't know if he's going to run. He didn't answer that in his speech yesterday, though he did tease a bit.
3: Actually, as you know, they just lost the White House, but it's one of those things. But who knows, who knows? I may even decide to beat them for a third time, okay?
0: That got the Liberals apoplectic, not only because he was a threat to run again, but because of the implication that he believes he won, the, he won the last time. Well, don't tell me about being a sore loser. That's exactly what the Democrats were saying for the past four years about Hillary Clinton. A typical headline from 2017. Clinton still believes she didn't lose the election. It was taken from her. Yeah, but it's fine when Democrats say that. So Trump came to CPAC, and he looked great, looked relaxed. He gave a 90-minute speech. I don't think Biden can do anything for 90 minutes except have an app. The liberal media didn't know what to do. On the one hand, they believe in deplatforming and silencing Trump. They all cheered when he was kicked off Twitter. On the other hand, no one's watching their boring news channels now that Trump's not president. So, of course, they all tuned in. To my surprise, the CBC even covered it. They played less than a minute of clips from his 90-minute speech. Trump was raucously received, party polls show he's still beloved by what, 97% of party members. But the big takeaway on the CBC last night was the party is in bitter infighting and that's why they're not gonna win. Well, it's going to make it harder for Republicans to come together and unite. Trump wants to establish that he is the future of the party, whether he's really up for running again in 2024 or not. And as long as Republicans are fighting amongst themselves, it takes energy and time away from their ability to take on their political opponents. And Ian, internal fights are almost always worse
2: than attacks from the outside.
0: Yeah, I just don't think that's true, but the CBC isn't really allowed to say anything critical of Justin Trudeau, so they have to create the simulation of them being skeptics and critics by, you know, holding the former leader of another country to account. Even that hard left-wing bitter analysis was the most popular thing on the CBC's website yesterday. What, What you thought it would be some story about how Canadian maple syrup is inherently racist because it's cultural appropriation of aboriginal customs, and so it's bigoted. Now, even the CBC's own viewers wanted to hear from Trump, and that made CBC reporters really mad. Here's Alexander Panetta of the CBC who blocked me on Twitter as soon as I made fun of him. (coughs) He said, And we're back to this guy getting more clicks than all of the dozen stories placed higher on the website Including life-saving information and accountability stories on Canadian politics. Yeah, life-saving information—that's my favorite part. Um, I think you got to pick a lane, Alex. This guy is a former U.S. president with millions of supporters, so don't be surprised that people want to hear from him. But I think Alex is mad that people—you know—mere citizens click to hear what he has to say rather than the life-saving information and accountability stories that. Panetta and, and the CBC make, did you know that uh, if you read the right CBC stories, it could save your life? And did you know that the CBC holds power to account? I mean, not Trudeau, of course, but, you know, so, someone else maybe. What a laugh. Anyways, uh, let me play for you some excerpts from Trump's speech. I'm going to play a fair chunk of that. Uh, I haven't added it up, but probably 25 minutes, 30 minutes of clips with some very short comments in between for me. You know why? Because, you know, for half an hour, it'll be nice to take a break from the scolds like Alex Panetta of the CBC and their life-saving information about why you have to be locked down in your own house for your own good. Oh, while the CBC president commutes back and forth each week from her home in Brooklyn, New York. So here, let's play some videos.
3: We are gathered this afternoon to talk about the future of our movement, the future of our party, and the future of our beloved country. For the next four years, the brave Republicans in this room will be at the heart of the effort to oppose the radical Democrats, the fake news media, and their toxic cancel culture. Something new to our ears. Cancel culture. And I want you to know that I'm going to continue to fight right by your side. We will do what we've done right from the beginning, which is to win. We're not starting new parties. You know, they kept saying, he's going to start a brand new party. We have the Republican Party. It's going to unite and be stronger than ever before. I am not starting a new party. That was fake news. Fake news, no.
0: Two things, he's not starting a new party. He saw what happened when Ross Perot tried that a generation ago. It it split the vote and elected Bill Clinton. But there's something else there, a decision to fight cancel culture, who could be against that? Here's the huge liberal Democrat Bill Maher from his show just a few days ago.
1: And 62% of Americans say they have opinions they're afraid to share. 80% of Americans, young, old, rich, poor, conservative, liberal, white, minority, all hate the current atmosphere of hypersensitivity. Yeah, everybody hates it, and no one stands up
0: to it. Wouldn't it be nice to hear a Democrat politician say that? How about a conservative up here in Canada? All right, back to Trump's speech. The CBC said the Republicans are divided. Uh, Maybe they have a secret source on that? Uh, Here's the latest polling.
3: Uh, We have tremendous. uh, Mr. McLaughlin just gave me numbers that nobody's ever heard of before. More popular than anybody. That's all of us. It's all of us. Those are great numbers, and I want to thank you very much. Those are incredible numbers. I came here and he was giving me 95%, 97%,
0: 92%. I said, they're great. Of course, there are a few Republicans who don't like Trump, and the feeling's mutual. Mitt Romney is an obvious one that comes to mind, but it's pretty clear where the energy of the party is, and the CBC, surprisingly, doesn't quite have its finger on the pulse of that. But back to the speech. And we will fight the onslaught of... Radicalism, socialism, and
3: indeed it all leads to communism once and for all, that's what it leads to. You'll be hearing more and more about that as we go along, but that's what it leads to. You know that. We all knew that the Biden administration was going to be bad, but none of us even imagined just how bad they would be and how far left
0: they would go. Communism sounds like a shocking word, but I don't think there's any debate that Democrats are into full socialism. Trump just says they're going to go further. He gives energy as an example. I
3: talked about energy. I thought, I said, you know, this guy actually, he's okay with energy. He wasn't okay with energy. He wants to put you all out of business. He's not okay with energy. He wants windmills, the windmills, the windmills that don't work when you need them. Joe Biden has had the most disastrous first month of any president in modern history.
0: He comes back to energy later, but first he talked a fair bit about immigration.
3: There is no better example than the new and horrible crisis on our southern border. We did such a good job. It was all worked, Nobody's ever seen anything like we did, and now he wants it all to go to hell. When I left office just six weeks ago, we had created the most secure border in U.S. history. We had built almost 500 miles of great border wall that helped us with these numbers because once it's up, you know, they used to say a wall doesn't work. Well, you know what I've always said? Walls and wheels. Those are two things that will never change. <laughs> the wall has been amazing. It's been incredible. And little sections of it to complete. They don't want to complete it. They don't want to complete little sections in certain little areas. administration only a few weeks to turn this unprecedented accomplishment into a self-inflicted humanitarian and national security disaster. By recklessly eliminating our border, security measures, controls, all of the things that we put into place, Joe Biden has triggered a massive flood of illegal immigration into our country, the likes of which we have never seen before. Perhaps worst of all, Joe Biden's decision to cancel border security has single-handedly launched a youth migrant crisis that is enriching child smugglers, vicious criminal cartels, and some of the most evil people on the planet.
0: You know, during the Trump years, Democrats had these passionate photo ops at detention centers where illegal migrants were held, including kids. It was kids in cages, the media said, even though those actual facilities were built during the Obama-Biden years. Well, those cages are still there. They haven't quite shut down everything yet but now the media is in love with those cages look how proud jeff bezos's washington post is first migrant facility for children opens under biden he's such a giver isn't he okay more trump there's no
3: masks there's no double masks. that was a new one that came out two weeks ago first fauci said you don't need masks, no masks, no good, no, no. Then all of a sudden you want him. now he wants double masks.
0: There was a strong theme in the convention, how the public health experts really had no clue. Here's some more.
3: The Biden administration is actually bragging about the classroom education they are providing to migrant children on the border, while at the same time millions of American children are having their futures destroyed by Joe Biden's anti-science school closures. Think of it. We're educating students on the border, but our own people, the children of our citizens, citizens themselves, are not getting the education that they deserve. There's no reason whatsoever why the vast majority of young Americans should not be back in school immediately. The only reason that most parents do not have that choice is because Joe Biden sold out America's children to the teachers' unions. His position is morally inexcusable. You know that. Joe Biden has shamefully betrayed America's youth, and he is cruelly keeping our children locked in their homes, no reason for it whatsoever. They want to get out. They're cheating the next generations of Americans out of the future that they deserve, and they do deserve this future. They're going to grow up, and they're going to have a scar. It's a scandal of the highest order and one of the most craven acts by any president in our lifetimes. It's the teachers' union. It's the votes. And it shouldn't happen. And I have nobody has more respect for teachers than I do. And I'll bet you a lot of the people within that union, they agree with everything. I'm saying even the New York Times is calling out the Democrats. The mental and physical health of these young people is reaching a breaking point. Tragically suicide attempts have skyrocketed, and student depression is now commonplace and at levels that we've never seen before. Why
0: can't we have a political leader who even asks those questions? Okay, back to energy.
3: You must come back into the Paris Accord. I said, tell me why, give me one good reason. First of all, China doesn't kick in for 10 years. Russia goes by an old standard, which was not a clean standard, and other countries, but we get hit right from the beginning. would it cost us hundreds of thousands and millions of jobs, it was a disaster, but they go back into this. He canceled the Keystone XL pipeline, destroying not the 8,000 or the 9,000 or the 11,000 jobs that you hear, but 42,000 great paying jobs, on just about day one, right? He never talked about that during a debate, because he wouldn't have gotten away with it. Well, he would have, because they cheated so much it probably wouldn't have. (laughs) No, but that was not a topic of conversation, remember? Fracking, you can frack. Oh, we love fracking. During the primary, no fracking. As Soon as he got through that, he said, no, of course, everybody can frack. No fracking. You wait till you see what happens with your gasoline. Wait till you see what happens, and we cannot Let this stuff continue to go on. One of my proudest accomplishments as President was to make America energy independent. The United States became the number one energy superpower on Earth. Number one. Became number one. Bigger than Saudi Arabia, bigger than Russia by a lot. We left them all in the dust.
0: They were- yeah, here in Canada, Aaron O'Toole brags about his plans to make Canada carbon net zero. That's not possible, of course. It's not possible with 1% a year immigration growth either. Uh, it's not possible in the second largest country where we have to travel, in a cold country where we need heat in the winter. Aaron O'Toole doesn't want to be Trumpy. That's fine. You don't need Trump's personal style. But how about some of his policies? And how about just 1% of his courage? Here's Trump on unreliable green energy. It's such
3: an, it's such an expensive form of energy, it's so bad for the environment, it kills the birds, it destroys the landscapes, and remember, these are structural columns with fans on them. They wear out, and when they wear out all over the country, you see them, nobody takes them down, they're rotting, they're rusting, how this is environmentally good for our country, and it costs many, many times more than natural gas, which is clean. It costs many more t- and can fuel our great factories. Wind can't do that. And, and uh, solar, I love solar, but it doesn't have the capacity to do what we have to do to make America great again. Sorry, it just doesn't have it. <laughs> Under the radical Democrat policies, the price of gasoline has already surged 30% since the election. And we'll go to $5, $6, $7, and even higher. So enjoy that when you go to the pump, and they'll say, that'll be about uh, $200 to fill up your van.
0: Here's Trump on an issue that would immediately, in my estimation, give a 5% boost to any politician of any party who embraced this in Canada. Everyone has a daughter who wants to play sports, or I don't know, I think at least 5% of the country can say, yeah, I got a daughter in sports. Maybe you are a girl or a woman in sports, and here's what Trump has to say.
3: The Biden policies are a massive win for other oil-producing countries and a massive loss for the United States and our great citizens. Joe Biden and the Democrats are even pushing policies that would destroy women's sports. A lot of new records are being broken in women's sports. Hate to say that, ladies, but... Got a lot of new records. They're being shattered. You know, for years, the weightlifting, every ounce is like a big deal for many years. All of a sudden, somebody comes along and beats it by 100 pounds. Boom, boom. (laughs) Now, young girls and women are incensed that they are now being forced to compete against those who are biological males. It's not good for women. It's not good for women's sports, which worked so long and so hard to get to where they are. The records that stood for years, even decades, are now being smashed with ease. Smashed. If this is not changed, women's sports, as we know it, will die, they'll end, it'll end. We must protect the integrity of women's sports, so important, after. AND I DON'T EVEN KNOW, IS THAT CONTROVERSIAL? You know, SOMEBODY SAID, WELL, THAT'S GOING TO BE VERY CONTROVERSIAL. I SAID, THAT'S OKAY, YOU HAVEN'T HEARD ANYTHING YET.
0: I LIKE THIS NEXT PART.
3: IF YOU LOOK AT VENEZUELA, YOU LOOK AT SOME OF THESE COUNTRIES, THAT'S WHY SOME OF OUR BIGGEST SUPPORTERS ARE FROM SOUTH AMERICA, LATIN AMERICA, BECAUSE THEY'VE SEEN WHAT GOES ON WITH ALL OF THIS CANCEL CULTURE AND YOU CAN'T SPEAK AND LET'S CUT THEM OFF AND LET'S NOT GIVE THEM WORDS. The mission of our movement and of the Republican Party must be to create a future of good jobs, strong families, safe communities, a vibrant culture, and a great nation for all Americans. And that's what we're creating. Their party is based upon unvarnished disdain for America, its past, and its people. You see that happening. It's horrible the way they treat the legacy of our country, the culture of our country. Our party is based on love for America and the belief that this is an exceptional nation blessed by God. We take great pride in our country. We teach the truth about history. We celebrate our rich heritage and national traditions. We honor George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, and all national heroes. And of course, we respect our great American flag.
0: Yeah, in Toronto, they literally built a wooden coffin around John A. Macdonald, the statue. I'm serious. They literally tore down Sir John A. in Victoria. Where are our politicians? They're too timid. They're too afraid of being called racist by people who are often explicitly racist themselves. Trump talked about election integrity. Another one of the most urgent issues
3: facing the Republican Party is that of ensuring fair, honest, and secure elections. Such a disgrace. Such a disgrace. Such a disgrace. We must pass comprehensive election reforms, and we must do it now. The Democrats used the China virus as an excuse to change all of the election rules without the approval of their state legislatures, making it, therefore, illegal. It had a massive impact on the election. Again, you have to go to the legislatures to get these approvals. This alone would have easily changed the outcome of the election at levels that you wouldn't have even believed. Even with COVID, even with all of the things, the numbers are staggering. We can never let this or other abuses of the 2020 election be repeated or happen again. Can never let that happen again. You see what's going on. We've been set back so greatly with other countries and with the world. We need election integrity and election reform immediately. Republicans should be the party of honest elections that can give everyone confidence in the future of our country. Without honest elections, who has confidence? Who has confidence? This issue is being studied and examined But the reality is you cannot have a situation where ballots are indiscriminately pouring in from all over the country, tens of millions of ballots. Where are they coming from? They're coming all over the place. Where illegal aliens and dead people are voting and many other horrible things are happening that are too voluminous to even mention. But people know, I mean, it's being studied and the level of dishonesty is not to be believed. We have a very sick and corrupt electoral process that must be fixed immediately. This election was rigged, and the Supreme Court and other courts didn't want to do anything about it.
0: By the way, if you think that's just a U.S. issue, may I direct you to today's issue of BlackLocks.ca that reports a liberal-dominated committee in Parliament is calling for voting by cell phone in Canada. I'm not even kidding. Just vote on your phone. Like that won't be hacked and rigged. Maybe Huawei will get the contract. Speaking of which, here's Trump on big tech.
3: The time has come to break up big tech monopolies and restore fair competition. Republicans, conservatives, must open up our platforms and repeal Section 230 liability protections. And if the federal government refuses to act, then every state in the union where we have the votes, which is a lot of them, big tech giants like Twitter, Google, and Facebook should be punished with major sanctions whenever they silence conservative voices. And Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida and in Texas and in other states are doing this. If they do what they're doing, Florida, and that legislation will pass. And Texas and others will have tremendous power To do what's right and what's fair.
0: Exactly right. Trouble is, here in Canada our provincial premiers lack the knowledge or ambition or courage to tackle big tech and our federal government is in cahoots with big tech directly. For example, the head of policy for Facebook Canada, Kevin Chan, is a former staffer in the Liberal Party of Canada's leader's office. It really is a revolving door of the same people. Now it's a long speech by Trump, 90 minutes, and maybe I'm taking uh, too much of your time, but Just watch the last few minutes of his speech.
3: We have to have triumph. We have to have victory. With the talent and dedication of everyone here today, and you have tremendous, not only dedication, tremendous talent in this room. I know many of you. That is exactly what we will do. We will go on to victory. We will summon the spirit of generations of American patriots before us, like those heroes who crossed the Delaware conquered the Rockies, stormed the beaches, won the battles, and tamed the unknown frontiers, we will persist, and we will prevail. We're tougher than they are. We're stronger than they are. Together, in the coming years, we will carry forward the torch of American liberty. We will lead the conservative movement and the Republican Party back to a totally conclusive victory, and we've had tremendous victories. Don't ever forget it. With your help, we will take back the House, we will win the Senate, and then a Republican president will make a triumphant return to the White House. And I wonder who that will be. I wonder who that will be. Who, who, who will that be, I wonder? Standing before you today, I am supremely confident that for our movement, for our party, and for our country, our brightest days are just ahead, and that together we will make America prouder, freer, stronger, and greater than it ever has been before. Thank you, CPAC. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you all. Thank you.
0: They actually mean in person down there, some people wear masks, some don't. They actually say what they believe in. They actually shout back at cancel culture. They actually talk with pride about their country and their history, and they promise to fight. Where is that up here? Stay with us for more. Welcome back. Well, I keep looking at all these stories by so-called fact checkers in the media calling other journalists fake news. They're really not fact checkers. They're really not journalists either. They're anti-journalists. The job of a fact checker, especially at a CBC state broadcaster or another mainstream media outlet, is usually to discredit contrary narratives. As we've shown you before, during the pandemic, most CBC fact checks are simply trying to tamp out other points of view that ultimately turn out to be accurate. For example, the CBC again and again said it simply was misinformation and fake news that Justin Trudeau was setting up forced confinement centers at airports. In fact, as we now know, that is exactly what happened No one has bothered to fact check the fact checkers. Well, now that fact checking misinformation battle is going deep. As it turns out, Microsoft is part of a coalition that is trying to trace every word, every video on the internet to its original source. I learned about this in a terrifying article in Breitbart.com written by our friend Alan Bocari. Let me read the headline to you. Microsoft and Friends want to destroy online privacy. They're talking about a coalition called the Coalition for Content Provenance and Authenticity. C2PA is the name of it, and it would effectively end all internet privacy or at least what little is left. Joining us now via Skype is Alan Bukhari, the author of this report. Alan, great to see you again, just when you thought the news couldn't get any worse. Can you tell us a little bit about what this Microsoft-led project would do? Did I accurately, I don't think I explained very well, what privacy would this eliminate?
2: Hi Ezra, good to be on. And you know, know I don't say this lightly, but I genuinely think uh, this particular story, which uh, hasn't got much attention yet. Is Big Tech's most brazen power grab yet? It goes beyond even, you know, banning the president as they did last uh, last month. This is enormous uh, because what they what the the goal of this organisation seems to be, as you said, they want to track every piece of content, ev- everything that's created and goes onto the internet. They want to know the authorship, they want to know the provenance. That's their stated goal. And when you look at the companies that are involved in this coalition, you have Microsoft, which runs Word, which runs Paint, which runs, uh, you know, they have their own video making software as well. You've got Adobe also, uh, you know, that if you make a PDF, it's it's from Adobe. If you uh, use Photoshop, that's Adobe. Uh, Premiere Pro, the number one uh, video creating software, that's Adobe too. Uh, there's also a company that's developed technology that traces photos from the moment you capture them on uh, on smartphones. So when you take all these uh, groups together, you, it's it's and you know if you, have, you have all those companies working together to trace the origin of content. It's impossible to be, to uh, imagine how privacy and online anonymity can survive. But that's not the worst thing about it. That's It would be bad enough if just those companies were involved, but uh, also involved is Intel. Intel is the market-leading manufacturer of of central processing units, CPUs, microchips. Uh, The CPU sees everything that you do on your computer. It processes all information, whether the computer is online or offline. Uh, If if Intel is going to be involved in this uh, initiative and they're going to use CPUs to track Ah, uh, the provenance of content. There's nowhere left to hide. Hmm. Now they haven't stated up front that they're going to do that, but that seems to be the uh, the goal here. They said they want they want want to establish provenance. They want to establish authorship. And if Intel, you know, isn't going to do that, if they aren't going to use their CPUs CPUs to do that, why are they part of this coalition?
0: Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Microsoft controls so many things. If I'm not mistaken, um, Outlook, which is a, a a major email provider, I think they even own. Skype, if I'm not mistaken,
2: so they do
0: so many different things. And I know, for example, I've used a lot of these programs. Many people have, you're talking about some of the most popular programs around. We edit our videos using Adobe Premiere, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know that when you create a Word document, if you click on properties, I think it's called, it says the name of the person and whatnot, but you can make a document private. You can hide that. In Adobe you can do, you can redact that because people know there are some times when you want privacy who, you don't want the name of every single person who touched the document on it. That's a valuable thing and it's, there's very good reasons for that. It sounds like all of that will be wiped out and I can't think of a good rationale for that other than ending any anonymity for political reasons, and you quote from the predecessor group. This group is called the Coalition for Content, Provenance, and Authenticity. You mentioned they had a precursor group called Project Origin. And what scares me, Alan, is that the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, Trudeau State Broadcaster, was part of it. I'm just going to read the mission statement, and I'd love for you to to give me your thoughts on this. Misinformation, and, and I'm quoting from your article, Misinformation is a growing threat to the integrity of the information ecosystem. This is Project Origin's mission statement. Having a provable source of origin for media and knowing that it has not been tampered with en route will help to maintain confidence in news from trusted providers. And that's why I started by talking about CBC. They've been trying to smear any political dissidents as misinformation. Turns out they were misinformation. The fact that a state broadcaster is involved in hunting down who wrote what and who changed what, that gives me the willies, alum.
2: Yeah. And it wasn't at all surprising to, to, to me to see how many media organizations are involved in this, because this is sort of like the end game of censorship. If you can trace all content online, you can then assign it different levels of importance. You can prioritize certain types of content in your algorithms based on where it comes from. And it's a lot easier to do that if there are signals attached to every document and every video and everything that's created on your computer. Uh, that anyone can read once it hits the internet. So it's uh, it's an app. Abs- it's an absolutely essential thing If you want to censor information if you want to prioritize the content of mainstream media outlets Which is of course what media has been pushing for for the past four years uh, They don't really care if they're going to destroy uh, online anonymity and privacy in the process because that's the whole point They don't want dissident information to be able to thrive and to be able to spread.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing is I mean uh, the the app called signal which purports to be a hard-to-decrypt, hard-to-hack communication app. It's been very popular in recent months because other rivals have revised their privacy policies. WhatsApp, which used to be the most popular app in the world, they now say, well, we're gonna share this information with this and with that, and people value their privacy. Um, So that's where the market is going. Individuals want more privacy, not less, Um, and you can see why, you know, I, I'm just terrified, you know, if Trudeau's going to have a vaccine database, if the United Kingdom is going to have a vaccine database, you know that China is going to hack into that in minutes and get the health data of every single human being in the West. There's a, I think there's going to be a growing demand for privacy, and yet the tech companies want to destroy what privacy we have. Do you think that the, the users will revolt? Or is that like the old saying, build your own internet? Like there is no way to revolt because we're all trapped in the system.
2: Well, I have to emphasize uh, this this again. I mean, you know, we all know that the tech companies, Facebook and Google, they, uh, they their business model is based on violations of privacy. It's based on scooping up mass quantities of user data and knowing everything about you but uh at, up until now we could at least assume that we're safe when we're logged off from the internet and you can even use workarounds like vpns uh and private browsers like brave and tor to uh, to protect your privacy online but i have to emphasize again if they start embedding tracing um you know, methods of tracing at the level of the CPU, the central processing unit of computers, and there is absolutely nowhere to hide. And that's why the involvement of Intel in this uh, in this coalition is so alarming.
0: Last question for you. First of all, Alan, congratulations on this scoop, and uh, you, you've done an excellent job of making it easier to understand. I'm and you're teaching me here because I don't, I'm not quite as fluent in these matters as you. Let me just give a shout out to the name of the article again. I would encourage all our viewers to visit Breitbart.com. The article is called Microsoft and Friends Want to Destroy Online Privacy. Um, who is a countervailing force here? Is there, a, I mean, I don't see the consumer advocates. I don't see the civil liberties advocates out in force. Is there another commercial entity? Is there another industry? Is there some force that says, whoa, it is in our interest to stop this and we'll fight like hell against it? Or is there no one opposing this?
2: Well, on this particular issue, I don't think a lot of people have noticed yet and have realized the scale of the threat. Uh, I will say, while Intel does control, I think, upwards of 80 percent of uh, the market sharing desktop and laptop CPUs, uh, there is a significant competitor, AMD, which also makes microchips, also makes CPUs and doesn't appear to be a part of this coalition. Uh, So that's good to see. Uh, another thing I'll say is that, you know, Intel hasn't said that this is, this is exactly what they're going to do, uh, that they're, at the, you know, they're actually going to start tracing people via CPUs. But uh, I, don't, I don't see why they'd be involved in this coalition if that wasn't their goal. Uh, so that we, we have to watch and see how it develops, uh, see what the goal here is exactly. But right now it looks very, very worrying.
0: Yeah, well, that's for sure. Well, I'm so glad you're on watch. We need more people keeping an eye on these things. You're one of the best at it. Alan, always a pleasure to have your time. Thanks for making the time for us and sharing your expertise. Thanks, that's right. All right, there you have it. Alan Bukhari, Chief Tech Correspondent at Breitbart.com. He's on the case. I'm glad he is. Stay with us. More ahead. Welcome back on my show. The other day, I think it was Friday, on BC's top doctor, Bonnie Henry, Michael writes, well, as an employee, she should expect correction from her employer, the people, when she is falling short of doing her job. The people have given her some grace by not firing her yet. Yeah, listen, if you're making public decisions, you should allow for public criticism, even offensive criticism. I don't think she said anything offensive happened. They were protesting outside her office. Even if they were rude, um, sorry, you're wrecking lives and deciding things that no parliament uh, or elected officer has ever done before. You're going to get some feedback. And if you don't like it, how about stop acting like a dictator? Let someone else take that job or maybe abandon the job. We're through the emergency. It's over. Jane writes, it is an acceptable activity for Canadians to protest and she has no right to say otherwise. Oh, I know. She's been treated as the victim here. Bruce writes, these bureaucrats need to expect protesters, unelected experts, are the ones robbing us of our charter rights. Yeah, I say again, there's no charter exemption for a pandemic. It's just not a thing. I mean, how long will our courts allow these infringements to continue? Not long, I hope. That's our story for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, do at home. Good night. Keep fighting for freedom, because God knows we need to fight.